ever wondered who he really is? Some call him prophet, miracle worker and a good man. Others are shouting fake, fiction and irrelevant. This man who spoke himself as a friend of sinners, one who shares his tears and brings peace to everyone, who proclaims freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free. Was he a liar or a hypocrite or truly God with us? Was he a reckless fool or truly the Lord of Lords, King of Kings and Light of the World? This man who claimed to be the Son of God, both fully human and fully divine, the beginning and the end. The Bible tells us that he is the image of God, the Savior, and that his love conquers all fear, terror, violence, and evil. Have you ever asked yourself if this Jesus is relevant for your life? If his death and resurrection should mean anything to you at all? It's not too late for you to start out on a journey. There's no other name whereby men and women find their salvation, purpose, and eternal peace. Jesus. We started a brand new uh, a series with the whole movement. This morning we broadcast uh, our, the, the message to Hamburg, to Mannheim, that's uh, Germany. And what is the cool about the movement? We get a lot of feedbacks back what God did in certain hearts. And I love it when I see God is moving, people got saved, people are healed, people for the very first time had an encounter with Jesus Christ. This is the moment where I say, God, come on, you are super good, you're amazing, and I love it. Can you say to your neighbor, this is usually what people in Asia do, they say, neighbor, neighbor, God loves you. Can you say it to your neighbor? Say it as you mean it. <laughs> Come on, wow, cool. I start with a prayer because the next 40 days until Eastern, we're fasting, we're doing some cool things for God. For example, my wife, she came up with the idea, why could we not, instead of praying, fasting 40 days, what would happen if we walk one hour a day together? It's not a good idea. But you could do crazy things you have never done before, and I think it will change your life. I start with prayer. Father God, thank you so much for this unique celebration, for the awareness that you are in the house, you're here, and you know our hearts, you guard our hearts, you heal our hearts, and you have an amazing plan over our lives, and you are God without any limitation. And I'm so thankful, so pumped that the Holy Spirit right now is here. And you give me a revelation about one specific area in my life where I can feel and experience a breakthrough in that area. And we say in faith, Amen. The word Amen means so shall it be. That means I prayed something and we will um, got back an amazing feedback. The topic tonight is free from guilt. And here's the thing, sometimes in our life we disappoint people, sometimes by purpose, sometimes we have no clue why we do what we do, and even sometimes people disappointing us. And we go into a situation where we have to le learn, let it go and forgive. In the early years when I started the ministry, God said to me, Pastor Leo, your life and your heart is super soft and guard your heart and watch your heart and do everything in your power that your heart will be still soft. Because only a soft heart God can model, God can form, God can shape, God can use. But the devil does everything in his power to use people to disappoint you. 
And then our heart getting super hard and we're not vulnerable anymore and God cannot lead and steer us anymore and we're exactly in those positions the devil wants to have you and me. And we want to learn the next week about Jesus Christ, how he handled frustration and disappointments. Because often we think Jesus was the man of God. He had no issues, no challenges. He was super strong, but he faced a lot of challenges in his own life. Let's go to some disappointments Jesus faced. And then we want to learn how he handled that in an amazing, super cool way. He was disappointed because of ungratefulness. Here's the thing, he were 10 leper people. And Jesus was saying, while you're walking, you, you, will, you will be healed. And here's the thing, 10 people were healed by Christ. But only one dude came back and said thank you to him. In Luke chapter 17, verse 17 and 18, and here is the Bible saying about that occasion. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleaned? Not, not all 10 healed? Where are the other nine? No one has returned to give praise to God except, watch and learn, this foreigner. When God is speaking about foreigner, it doesn't say that's not good people. He's just saying often the closest people around your life, they don't praise you. They often take things for granted. And that's a very, very uh, difficult thing because often a foreigner who doesn't know you is super pumped, is super amazing. Oh, you have a super church, super small group. Oh, your wife looks amazing. When has your wife heard the last time from your husband? Oh, you are amazing. And often we're not getting the praise we, we, we deserve. And this brings us to a position that we say, I will never, you know this word, I will never ever heal again. I will never open my house anymore for the small group because there's always those people, they're coming late, they bring nothing, and they walk away, and they're not thankful, they're not grateful. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's only one stupid dude in every small group who is not thankful. He takes everything for granted. And then you say, oh, I will never open my house anymore. And Jesus could say the same thing. I healed 10 people, one is thankful, I stop healing. And here is a list why you get disappointed. Unfulfilled expectations, physical attack, emotional attack, manipulation, forgetting, unkindness, contempt, associations, lying, bullying, speaking negatively. I can go on and on and on and on and on. We are surrounded, we are like Jesus Christ with people. They're sometimes so rude and so mean to us. Rick Warren, he is running an amazing church, of, I will say maybe to 40,000 people in a weekend. He's an amazing guy. And you can, you often people think when you're successful in the church, in ministry, in your company, then you are super happy. Even if people are negative, it's no big deal anymore because you're super successful. Rick Vaughan is saying, you can have 30,000, 40,000 people on the weekend and everybody's super pumped and super excited. The reason why a pastor quits, it's only two persons in a church of 40,000. And those two persons are in the closest circle and they're all of a sudden against you. And that's the reason why people quitting and everybody has maybe one or two person in your life, those are the reasons why you give up. Those are the reasons why you quit. And why quitting is not an option, because we are people like diamonds. Diamonds, you can find them, and they're, they're a 
beautiful, I brought a picture, maybe you have no clue how does a diamond look like. They are super, super expensive. They're super, super nice. Do you know, to find a diamond, it's a lot of work. It's on the tons and tons and tons, loads and loads of dirt. In the ground, there is the diamonds. You can see here the diamonds? <laughs> no. There's one dude, he's digging, searching, he's dirt all over and he's not giving up until he has found the diamond. And God spoke to me, when we are disappointed and regarding our heart in a negative way, we stop finding, searching for diamonds. And the job in the church, the job as Christians is we are digging and searching for diamonds. And that means we never stopped getting dirty hands. That means a pastor has always dirty hands. He's never stopping digging, searching for the right diamonds. Even if a church is big, it's an endless story in our life. There's a second situation where Jesus was super disappointed, and I want to read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 24. And here is one word, and I will underline that word. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he was given thanks, he broke it and said, here is the word, he got betrayed. That's a really ugly word. I don't like that word. Betrayed it. It's not a big deal if this is a foreigner from far, 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 far away. But betrayed it means when people close around you, you've given your life, you prayed for them, you led them to Christ, you opened your heart, you baptized them, you even gave them money. And the same people betraying you, it does something in your heart. Here is Judas, and Judas was, uh, Jesus was selecting 12 people. He prayed one night for the right 12 people, and he was Judas. Jesus handed over Judas the money. When you're married, you know, giving the bookkeeping, you are super smart. To whom should I give the money? Because the money is your future, right? Jesus handed the money to Judas. And Judas had the issue, he said, okay, I use the ministry of Christ to getting super uh, successful. And here is the story, disappointment because of the battle for position. Sometimes there are people entering your life that just using your platform, using your money, using your influence, using the name, using the church to be super successful. And here you can find Judas. In Luke 22, verse 47 to 48, Jesus approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, when you kissed in a former time, a person means you belong to my family. You don't kiss anybody. Only Italian people do that. But you kissing, Swiss people only kissing those they are super close. That means Judas was saying, Jesus, I love you. You belong to my family. Judas are betraying the Son of Man with a kiss. And he sold Jesus for even more money. Judas, people in our life, they're misusing your money, your position. You know what they're doing? Boom, straight in your heart. I'm not talking about a foreigner. I'm talking about a dude in the closest circle. Do you feel that? What it does? It's crazy. The third thing is disappointments because of fear of man. 
Mein Judas is one thing, but here is Peter. The night Jesus was betrayed, he was crucified. All the 12 disciples were running away like rabbits. And Peter was so close with Christ, he saw miracles, signs, everything. The blind can see, the ear can, the deaf can hear, the, the, the people can walk, he saw everything. And then one night when Jesus was hanging on the cross, was, 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 was um, in the prison, they asked, Peter, you belonging to the family of Jesus Christ? <laughs> now watch and learn what he said in Luke 23, verse 36 to 65. The man who guarded Jesus began mocking, no, it's the wrong Bible verse, in Luke 22, 59 and 61, sorry. Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, now I watch and learn this language. This is unreal. I mean, unreal. This is unreal. Man, I don't know him. I have never met Jesus. Who in the flipping world is Jesus? Pause for a moment. This is unreal. You're talking about, just as he was speaking, the roster crowed, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. He's thinking, what in the world is going on? I search you like a diamond. I get super dirty for you, Peter. Without me, you are a nobody. You are nothing. You are a zero. And I am the one. I promoted you. I believed in you. I restored you. You belonging to the closest circle of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Not a big outside circle. The smallest circle you can ever have. You know what it does in your heart? It breaks your heart in two parts. Like, uh. here is the story of Peter on the screen. Peter, Jesus' disciple. When Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane by the religious leaders, everybody ran away except for John and I. They left Jesus alone with his enemies. What a bunch of wimps! I stood nearby so I could intervene. The priests brought Jesus to Caiaphas, the high priest. In his house, they quickly staged a trial. Random people showed up and told lies about Jesus just because they were given a few coins. Each of these false witnesses was meant to convince the high priest that Jesus deserved death. The ringleader spat in his face and kicked him. Their profound hatred poured from every single pore. Slowly but surely, things became uneasy. I stood at a safe distance, out in the courtyard near the fire. I noticed a servant girl pointing at me and speaking with a soldier. Then she approached me. You also traveled with him. I reacted instinctively. Nonsense. Be quiet. Externally calm. My heart was beating up to my throat. Never 
said, I've been so scared. Especially when two bystanders were confirming the servant girl's statement. I swear to God, I do not know this man. In that moment, Jesus was still in the house. I looked straight into my eyes. Tears poured from me. And I ran away. I mean, this is crazy. But this happened in the life of Christ. Let's go in the fourth disappointments. Disappointments because of disrespect in Luke 22, verse 36 and 65. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy who hit you. You're on the cross, dying for the world. And they're starting hitting you. And it goes on, and they say, man... On other insulting them to him. And what happens in those situations when people are saying, who in the world, why in the world can you believe in Christ? Are you having some people in your company? They don't, be, they don't get it why you believe in Christ. They say, how in the world can you believe in Christ? The year 2018? And what they're doing, they put some dirt on your heart. And all of a sudden, you feel so dirty. And why is this important, this message? Because you have to understand, because often we think Jesus, the Son of God, people disappointed him, boom, zero, it's done. He faced many, many situations. And here is the nugget I want to land in the message. Because Jesus told those stories to teach you and me how can we handle disappointments well. And here in Luke chapter 23, verse 35 and 37. And here is a spiritual nugget, a lesson to learn. The people stood watching, and the rulers even snared at him. The soldier also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of Jews, save yourself. Here is the word vinegar. They put Jesus some vinegars on the lips. And vinegar is super sour, is super bitter. With other words, Jesus faced disappointments, it's sour. He tasted disappointments. He tasted the Judas. He tasted the Peter. He tasted the soldier. He tasted situations, it's not fair. What is the difference between tasting and swallowing down? People getting bitter because you tasted a situation, it's not fair, but you decided, I swallowed down. Jesus said, go away from me. He said, I tasting it, but go away. He said himself, I position myself, I tasted bitterness, I tasted sour things, but I will never ever swallow down a Peter, swallow down a Judas, I will never do that. And here is a lesson to learn, whenever in your life situations are against you, you're tasting that, but don't ever swallow it down. 
People are coming up to me, I'm bitter. You have chosen, sorry to say that, to swallowing down. See, but Pastor Leo, you don't understand. Yes, I don't understand, but Jesus understands all what we are going through. And he gave us a lesson, stand strong, but push it away. And don't leave it, don't swallow it down, don't eat it in your personal life. Four points in ending the message. Have a cry on Jesus and friends' shoulders. And I believe when we're going to rough season in our lives, we need friends in our lives. Often we believe I can pray a prayer to Jesus private and then it's done. I believe that is, that's one thing. But the Bible is saying when we're confessing our sins public, we get healed. And here is another lesson to learn. A lot of people do not get healed because everything you do is private. Private prayer, private fights. And beneath your carpet, there are certain things nobody knows. And the strategy of the devil is keep your things beneath the carpet. But the moment you're sharing your disappointments in a small group, you know what happens? You're not the superman anymore. You're not the super woman anymore. You're just a fragile person who is disappointed and says, guys, I need you. I am so super disappointed and I will not swallow it down. I taste it. Pray with me. Fight with me. Help me. That's the power of a small group. The Bible is saying when two or three people are coming together, the presence of God, the healing of power of Jesus Christ is in the midst. The same thing when you're coming to church. Jesus is here. Help me. Pray with me. Jesus was crying out. Public. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive all those people. He said it publicly that even the devil was able to hear it. And there's a power when we confess things publicly. You're getting very humble because I have to be honest, I was together on vacation the last four days in Wildhaus. It's an amazing place in Switzerland. Uh, we were skiing and there was another pastor couple. And the first night we were at, at, at the fire and we were sharing our hearts for three hours. You know when pastors are coming together, you know what they do? They're complaining. Oh, the church, oh, the small groups, oh, the people, oh, the devil. We were complaining three hours, talking, talking, deep things, deep disappointments. And my wife said to me, is everything good? Honey, wait. After three hours, when we said everything, all the emotions, all the disappointments were on the table. Was nothing in us anymore. And we say, toast it, let's start to have vacation. And the next day we were super easy. You need people in your life where you can share your deepest dirt. Dirt, you know. Not just only with Jesus. You need some people in your life. The next thing, let go of your disappointments. And this is an amazing point actually. When Jesus died on the cross, the soldier came and put the spear here on, on the side. And the Bible is saying blood and waters were running out, but separately. And when blood and water runs out separately means this happens only when your heart is exploding. When Jesus Christ was on the, on the, on the cross, he said, Father, it's done. 
his heart was emotionally at the limit and he exploded. When we are disappointed, it's an emotional thing. It's not just a spiritual thing. Emotionally, you at the limit. And I show you in a picture what happens when your heart exploding. Maybe you have no clue what explosion means. That's why here is explosion video. Schon früh musste ich lernen, mit Verlust umzugehen. I had to learn how to deal with loss at a very early age. Ich war 16, als mein Vater plötzlich verstorben war. At the age of 16, my father passed away. Ich hatte ein riesiges Loch in mir und versuchte das mit verschiedenen Dingen zu stopfen. And I had a huge hole inside of me and I tried to fill it with different things. Ich bekam Verlustängste und Abhängigkeitsgefühle von Männern. I got fear of loss and became a um, Addicted to men. Ich wusste, dass dieses Problem eigentlich viel tiefer liegt. Und I knew that this problem was even deeper. Ich habe gemerkt, dass ich Jesus in jeden Bereich meines Lebens einladen muss, damit er heilen kann. Und er hat mich wirklich frei gemacht und ich habe eine neue Identität und Werte bekommen. Und er hat mich frei und ich habe eine Identität und Value. Mit diesen Werten, dieser Identität, habe ich eine neue Beziehung gestartet. I started a new relationship with these values and with this identity. Ich hatte die Erwartung, dass diese, dass diese Werte und diese Identität erwidert wird und wir die gleiche Grundlage hätten. And I had the expectation that he also would have the same values and identity and would have the same foundation. Die Realität sah aber anders aus. But the reality was different. Ich habe später herausgefunden, dass ich mit mehreren Frauen betrogen worden war. I later found out that I had been cheating on by very, various women. Für mich ist die ganze Welt zusammengebrochen. And at that moment my whole world broke apart. Ich war wie in einer Luftblase in mir selber und hab, wurde nur noch von schlimmen Gedanken überschwemmt. I was like in a bubble around me and I was only having bad thoughts all of the time. Ich habe für, seine, für eine sehr lange Zeit nur noch geweint und wusste wirklich nicht mehr, wie weiter. Irgendwann war es so schlimm, dass ich wusste, ich muss mir Hilfe holen. Und ich habe einen Bibelfest gelesen, dort stand, dass Jesus die zerbrochenen Herzen heilt und ihre Wunden verbindet. And at one time it got so bad that I knew I needed to get help and I read the Bible verse where it says that Jesus heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Ich habe zu Jesus gesagt, okay, wenn das wirklich stimmt, dann musst du das in meinem Leben wirklich machen. And I told Jesus, if that's really true, then you need to do that in my life. Das war nicht so eine einfache Sache, weil die Lügen sind manchmal so groß, dass man die wirklich überwinden muss. And it wasn't something easy because the lies were sometimes so big that I really had to overcome them. Aber ich habe mich dazu entschieden, mehr dem Wort von Gott zu glauben als das, was in meinem Kopf abgeht oder was die Menschen sagten. But I decided to believe more in God's word than what was going on in my, going on in my head and what people were saying. Ich habe mir Hilfe bei einer Seelsorgerin auch gesucht. I went to get some help with counseling. Und ich, ein großer Prozess hat angefangen, der Heilung. And a big process of healing started. Irgendwann hat mich Jesus wirklich stückweise immer mehr geheilt. And Jesus started healing me more and more. 
Ich habe auch gemerkt in diesem Prozess, dass es sehr wichtig war, auf was ich mich fokussierte. Immer wieder, wenn ich die großen Wellen sah, fühlte ich mich wie Petrus, der vor, kurz vor dem Ersaufen stand. Aber Jesus hat mir auch gezeigt, dass er selber vom Tod auferstanden ist und den Sieg schon errungen hat. But Jesus already showed me that he already resurrected from the death and he already was victorious. Also eigentlich kämpfe ich von der Siegesseite her und ich muss es nur noch in meinem Leben manifestieren. So I'm just battling from the side of the victor and I just have to manifest that in my life. Er hat mir tiefes Mitgefühl gezeigt, weil er selber weiß, wie es sich anfühlt, so einen Schmerz zu erleiden. And he showed me amazing compassion because he himself knows what it is to have this pain. Jesus heilt. <laughs> Jesus heals. Wow, what an amazing story. I mean, if I will hand over the microphone to you guys, there will be so many different stories. And here is the thing, that the Eastern story, when Jesus died on the cross, he rose from the dead, is also a story he was disappointed many, many times. And it's not one thing happens one, Unfortunately, it happens all the time again and again and again and again. You forgive somebody, the next, the next duty is around the corner. It's a never-ending story. The, the second last point is, ask Jesus to heal your heart. I mentioned that already some minutes ago. I believe there's a power when you're publicly asking your friends to pray with you. Because I believe we have to do everything in our power to ask Jesus, the healer, of our hearts to heal us again and we put this away we take the Judas out of our hearts we forgive the Peters in our life we ask God bring this heart together and that's the message of a church if Jesus is not healing we are lost if Jesus is not doing a transformation miracle what are we doing here singing some cool songs kumbaya This is the power of the Word of God. The Word of God gets alive. And we ask God, and here comes the dirty part. Healing sometimes is dirty. Takes time. Look at this. It's messy. Woo. You should see the floor. I don't have to clean it later. It's not my job. Uh, my wife said, yeah, that's, you love to. Look at this. It's messy. And that's the power when we ask other people to pray with us. And that's my hope, it's my faith during the next 40 days that we ask God for breakthrough, for a healing power because everyone has one name, one name. Could be your father, could be your mother, could be your friend, could be your pastor, not me, but somebody else. Just somebody who has disappointed you. He was not trusty, he broke a promise. And in closing, I will love anyway why i'm saying that here's the thing even if you forgive people if you just live longer enough you will face some other disappointments and that's the fact and i know nobody likes to hear it but this is a fact mother Teresa, she died already she served in in in, in, in calcutta and she had people poor people on the street and she was serving god for the whole her whole life 
And she said an amazing quote, and I'm going to close with those quotes because this gives the balance of the message. It's not just you ask out forgiveness, it's done finito. It's a never-ending story. She said, people are often unreasonable, illogic, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of your selfish and altered motives. Do good anyhow. If you are successful, you will win false friends and truly enemies succeed anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building Oh, that's make yeah, this is amazing. Sorry, Simon. Sorry, wait, wait, wait. It's like in Asia, they're doing pictures all the time. This is an amazing. Um, what you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. Your help is greatly needed, but people may attack you when you help them. Help them anyway. Now comes the last one, the best one, the best for the last. Give the world your best and your teeth will knock out one by one, one by one. Give the world your best anyway. In closing with that, that's a fact in our life. Even when we're falling, God, we're obedient, we're on the sweet spot of our life. God is using our life in an amazing way. Here's the fact. People will always disappoint you. There's always moments and the message is keep your heart soft, vulnerable for God. Don't allow the devil to get hearted and you close your heart and you not open your heart anymore. This morning a guy came up to me, I want to close with that story, he said to me, Pastor Leo, I read the Bible and then so many people said to me, you cannot take the Bible real, it's just a book. And so many people were disappointing me. I closed the book and said, okay, from now on, I will never read the Bible anymore. He made a decision. I will never, ever. And this morning, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, why have you closed the Word of God? And he re realized years back, he made a decision out of a disappointment. You know what I mean? Disappointments leads you always to a wrong way. And that's why let's pray together for that moment because I don't know about your life maybe you're facing right now tough moments but keep your heart soft let's close our eyes for a moment in the presence of God Almighty Jesus Christ thank you so much that you're the one you have created us and you have given so many gifts and talents into us and you know those situations in my life where people have disappointed me. Where people put a knife straight in my heart. Or people have misused me. Or even people you are disappointed about God. Because you don't know, you don't understand what God is doing in your life. Sometimes I wonder 
When everything fails and fades away, what does remain? Why do we come to this place from near and far? Because at the end of the day, there is nothing else that remains. What would it look like to face the consequences of something so radical? What would it actually look like to follow Jesus? Friendships may fail, heroes may fail, eventually riches turn worthless. He stirs a thirst for truth, compassion and love. Nothing that this earth could ever quench. What is it that we can truly build our lives and hope on? There is one thing and one thing only when it's all said and done. He alone is our solid rock, our center and our foundation.